Peace, mercy and blessings, beloved listener. This is Fine Words With. I'm your host, Aziza Adiola A.B.A. For me, words have always drawn me in and sparked my curiosity. An interesting turn of phrase or a unique metaphor has the power to move me in a deep and meaningful way. (laughs) Words of affirmation crew represent. So this is my opportunity to share my love of words with you. This podcast is all about word appreciation. From sharing poetry and prose, having guests join us and talk about their journey with words and hopefully encouraging you to pick up a pen, let the truth pour out and become a weaver of your own fine words. You are incredibly welcome. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome to Fine Words Weave. I am here today with Gabriel Angrand. He's a Haitian-American pastor's kid who started writing poetry in the fourth grade. Um, In speaking about his poetry, um, he says that he's always written poems like mirrors because poetry became a powerful way to reflect on his emotions and faith um yeah so Gabriel welcome to the podcast um do you want to say hi and tell us a bit about yourself yeah thank you so much Aziza um I think that's that kind of bio um really covers the I guess the journey that I've been on in terms of poetry Mm -hmm. um when I say that I started writing poetry in the fourth grade um it was actually at a, a classroom assignment Um, It was one page out of my workbook that said, you know, write a poem about something that, you know, you care about or something. I forgot what the Mm. prompt was. Um, And the first poem that I wrote, it was called um, Make It Known. And I don't remember exactly the words, but um, essentially the idea was before you make anything known to, you know, the people around you, you know, your city, your state or even the world, you need to make that point known to yourself. Um, mm. And I, fourth grade, like not even really knowing what this word self-awareness was, poetry was kind of my entry point to that kind of self-awareness. Mm. Um, and then I think it was maybe a couple weeks after that, um, we did a whole poetry unit where I'd written maybe five or six poems. And one of them was to personify um, an emotion. And so I'd chosen um, the, the emotion anger. And so I imagined, you know, if anger was an animal or if it was a sound um, or if it was some other kind of visual or a color. Um, mm. And my teacher was like, you are really great at this. <laughs> you should continue. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, that was fourth grade, just beginning this journey of, of self-awareness. That is really really how old would you have been um in fourth grade like nine ten nine or ten yeah yeah that sounds really like it's just really really profound and kind of listening to you makes me think about how like we come with truth you know like Mm -hmm. even at very young ages we we have truth or that kind of access or understanding of it with us for sure yeah Yeah, um, I think, um, yes, go ahead. 
No, I was just looking down because you've answered the very first question. Like, when did you first start writing poetry? Yeah. For sure, for sure. What were yeah. you going to say? Yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking about, you know, that idea that, you know, we all kind of come with some truths, even at a young age. Um, in some ways, it's been tough to really sit in that um, and feel confident mm-hmm. in that. Um, because, you know, I don't, I don't know about, you know, kind of the, like your cultural background yourself, but it's always, you know, the older you are, the more wisdom you have. Um, and, you know, for me, maybe, maybe not when I was 10, but definitely like, you know, when I was coming into my later, later teens, um, you know, kind of doing college and things like that, um, there were things that I was learning and, you know, perspectives that I was having on the world and how we do things culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just getting that pushback, it makes you wonder, like, well, is what I have to say actually valid, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, again, like, I poured, you know, all of that, um, you know, all of that doubt or, you know, objectively just writing out all of these perspectives on the page mm-hmm. because I guess in a weird way, that's where I felt the most accepted oh. at the time. Um this 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 medium that wouldn't like tell me no you're wrong you know mm-hmm. uh, it's that blank page that really gives you that space to just see what it is and explore that for sure for sure mm-hmm. um i think particularly with with my emotions um really yeah it was hard for me to open up to like people and on certain things um and it was you know again poems that allowed me to just unload um i think every time i've had a moment of like pent-up emotion um it's almost like i was driven to writing and there was some poems that i just i never really knew that i had in me um that just come out you know from all that kind of saved up like bottled up emotion mm-hmm. and um yeah, there's some freedom in it. Um, sometimes it's a little bit scary <laughs> what comes out. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all important. It's part of the journey. I'm going to ask you, um, you know, you just said that sometimes it's a little bit scary what comes out. Maybe yeah. tell us a little bit more about that because, um, yeah, I'm for curious. For sure, for sure. Um, so I guess two instances. Um, so realistically, um, I, I'd been dealing with an addiction for like several, several years. And, um, I always, I had a, I had a friend, it was, I think in sixth or seventh grade, um, you know, asked me, you know, was I, was I like doing this thing? And I said, no. And immediately Mm -hmm. once I said, no, I was like, man, I don't ever want to do that again. Like if somebody asks me if I'm if I'm about this life, I'm just gonna be honest. But aside mm. from that, I'm not gonna be out here telling other people, you know, what I've been doing and things like that. Mm. Um, and then I had, you know, three or four poems maybe where I was really just digging up all of the emotions that I was feeling about, you know, this addiction that I had. Um, I wrote one poem called Paradox where. Um, 
I was kind of telling the story of when me and my brother would like, we had a, a, a diaper box with just a bunch of change. And then when we'd hear um, the ice cream truck kind of pass through the neighborhood, we'd pull mm -hmm. out the box, grab the coins, and then we brought them to the lady who was, you know, at the truck. She said, go wash them. We, we kind of washed them, um, but kind of took that image and then turned it into um, kind of all of these honestly just like this dirt that i was building up mm -hmm. this addiction was kind of just like resting itself in my mind and even even after kind of being freed i'm still in a sense not free like i'm done but i'm not at the mm, same time there's still debris exactly. left or that is still is still coating the coins as it were yeah. Exactly, exactly. And so there's this idea of like, um, especially when I'm thinking about my relationships and how I try to treat women, I, I think all of that is coming from this. I want to be as far away from what my addiction was as possible. Mm. And yet I know internally, like there's still a struggle. Um, mm. Written another poem called Apology, where I was just 100% about like no sugarcoating or anything, just real about what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, written another one called This Animal, where again, I was just, it, it was almost as if every poem, I was still trying to dig up and clean mm -hmm. up. Excavating, um, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like just hearing you and I'm thinking about like how much truth there is in poetry like mm -hmm. sometimes it's incredibly explicit sometimes it's more metaphorical but at the end of the day you're still working with truth you're still working with the truth of like your experiences or sure. your feelings sure. or your thoughts or your questions or sure. yeah sure. yeah I, I think that's that's very true and again I mean I don't know what other medium I would have had to be real with myself, be 100%, mm. you know, let that truth exist outside of myself, um, you know, aside from poetry. I, I, I really don't feel like I had anything else. Um, so, yeah. Mm. And I think just thinking about that in the context of, like, I yeah, I definitely have that kind of um, cultural context of, like, you know, um, the like elders are wise and like you know young people coming to say oh this and that just you know just park yourself to one side you don't really have anything to say here <laughs> so um yeah, yeah that's yeah. definitely a part of it and um and I think if that's like a heavy part of like your cultural or like tradition or like you know that and it's 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 weighty you know and yes. so yeah it's it's really just especially resonant hearing you kind of speak about it in that frame because it makes sense to me that this would be the way that I would express myself if I wasn't being if I not even if I wasn't being heard but if I even felt like out of respect it's not something that I would say or mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing so um, for sure. yeah for sure. Um, for sure. okay so now I'm gonna ask you our next question um what is the process of writing poetry like for you? Like, tell us about your process or, you know, what it feels like or just anything about, like, poetic process. Yeah, poetic process. Um, 
So interestingly enough, I spent um, a good number of years um, kind of transitioning from poetry in my really early years to rap music. Um, and I mean, it was really cool to kind of be, you know, structured in like, you know, these 16 bars um, mm. and trying to, you know, a lot of the time what, what was happening for me is um, still writing the poetry, still creating a narrative. Um, but I noticed that it, sometimes it was too easy for me to get wrapped up in sounding, um, it's the word I'm looking for sounding excellent at the rap craft that, you know, I'd have some, some, uh, some lyrics where I'd really, I honestly just really let go of the, the essence of poetry, which I think is just like real expression. Um, mm. And so from there, I don't remember exactly what age it was. Um, I started seeing that I was so much more comfortable with telling stories through the rap lyrics that I would kind of create. And then I was like, you know what? There are a lot of people who are, <laughs> and th this is I, not really a brag or anything, but people who are uh, comparing me to like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar and these other rappers. Mm. Um, I even you know wrote one set of lyrics where I was, um, mimicking the cadence of another rapper and people were like yeah you do sound like him and at a point i was like i don't want to sound like anyone else though mm. and so i decided to let the music go um and just continued with you know the essence that that poetry really is so in terms of like the writing process um i think i still gravitate toward like listening to instrumentals um, cause it gives me a bit of a structure. Um, the, I think the, the emotion that I can interpret, um, from the music mm -hmm. also helps. Um, I'll spend a few years back. I've spent a lot of time thinking about just like what I've been through, my emotions, my experiences, um, and just write out simple lines, um, mm -hmm. to develop a skeleton. And um, from there, you know, add the usual poetic devices and, you know, the cadence and the pauses and things like that. Mm. Um, but I, I think outside of myself, I really do think that there was often, if not all the time, most of the time, a spiritual aspect to the writing process. Because I mm. think, you know, I don't know like for me why would why would i why would i dig up um you know my dirt for people to see and hear if it didn't have this um this like mission and um purpose. for it yeah know, this, yes this purpose i appreciate that um so yeah i mean I, I see i see the this process of just again like what what is going on inside of myself let me put that on the page um, mm. And then let me add these other things to make it, you know, either accessible or interesting, um, you know, images and experiences that other people can connect to. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, now that I mentioned images, I think so much about the parables that Jesus um, used to like communicate mm -hmm. this very 
real truths about the kingdom and how you treat people and things like that. Um, so I think there's a component of that in my writing process. Um, just letting like, letting aspects of my faith kind of govern the way that I, mm. that I write as well. Um, and then there's the revision process. Um, you know, sometimes it's forced. I'll um, start writing. A, I, yeah, like way, way back, we had, you know, a desktop computer, um, mm. a lot of my poems there. And then the hard drive went and I lost all everything. Um, no. Yeah. I did not know what no, Google Docs That's heartbreaking. Was, um, yeah. No, yeah. but they didn't like, but we didn't really, Google Docs wasn't a thing in like, well, I don't know how old you are, but like, you know, back, back when we were on desktops, like sure. Google Docs was not a thing. It was like, <laughs> did you save it on your floppy disk? Yeah. You know, and then if your floppy disk, if the thing came off, then sucks that's, to be you. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That's a wrap. And you're like trying to look in the, I don't know, trying to figure out how to be a computer developer just so you can find like oh, old sure. copies. Sure. Oh gosh. <laughs> No, that's painful. Yeah, it is. It is. I had some like really, really great poetry that written out. Um, and then it's this process. Like I had I had one night I spent at least an hour just like I closed my eyes and I tried to just like meditate and see if like there was anything from these poems that I could like reproduce from memory. Um and like I remember a couple of lines, but mm. Aside from that, I couldn't I couldn't bring them back, so they're lost now. Mm. Um, other times, I'll I'll write out a piece. Um, in particular, the piece that I I mentioned, this animal, um, mm -hmm. I'd written it out, and I hadn't I hadn't been satisfied with the way that it was developing or had developed until. Mm three years after I started. It was just writing it and coming back and reading it and like wow. exactly what I'm trying to say. No, it's not. And so like at one point I think I scrapped half of the poem because I was just unsatisfied with it. Um and decided to just like start that part from scratch. Um so in some ways it can be like a very, very how can I say, um rough process. Mm. Um but there are other moments where in a night, if I'm just in tune with what it is um, that I'm trying to express, um, yeah, I pulled a couple all-nighters, just like listening to some instrumentals and just writing, and it's just coming out. Um, mm. And it's a very surreal process when that happens. Um, yeah, there, there's really nothing like it. <laughs> Do you know what? So it's so so interesting hearing your process, and I think. Part of it also kind of is a little bit of like a drag, a little bit um, mm. in terms of revision, because, you know, that's kind of like not a word I like to hear. But, um, but it's, it's interesting hearing about like being consciously like choosing like, OK, I'm going to like do this. I'm going to put this. This is my this is my almost my ritual or my routine or this is my you know, this is how I do it, because you, you know that. Um, what you said about that kind of the, the place and time when you're just writing and it's just pouring out from you. Yeah. That's the only way I write poetry. I don't, uh, I don't do the other, like, you know, like make, like I only, and I don't, I think it would be really, really good for me to kind of get back to and kind of maybe learn again, like 
consciously sitting down and write. So this is like an education for me, just listening to you. I'm just like, like, oh, okay, like that. Oh, okay, right. So you have like, you know, oh, right. I'm, li- I'm literally here taking this in. Right? I'm actually really looking forward to listening to this back because, um, yeah, I'm hoping it will actually... This is it. Like this is like the secrets out. I made this podcast so that I could improve my poetry. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No shame in that at all. I was gonna say I appreciate the fact that you kind of like contextualize my process as a ritual um, because I remember the moments when the poetry would just pour out of me. Um, a lot of the time they would be on Friday nights. Um, and so, you know, part of my faith practice is from Friday night to Saturday night, um, no work. Um, mm, like a Sabbath. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, engaged in more spiritual practices, connecting with, you know, family and my community, things like that. Um, yeah. And it'd be Friday night, you know, once the sun sets, um, you know, maybe a few hours after, you know, find an instrumental that, um, you know, it's oftentimes would be really solemn um, mm. and mellow. And I would just be listening and allowing myself to kind of, how can I say, like, bring up or let well up whatever it is that I kind of need to express. Um, mm. Yeah. So I, I would say that I think I haven't, I haven't done it in a while, but it really is. Um, an emotional process whenever I do. Um, and I, I inevitably, I, <laughs> I, um, I think I write poetry a lot better when I'm emotional. Um, mm. I don't see myself as the kind of person who um, can write poetry mechanically. Um, I think it, it yeah. really does come from a I don't know. I'm just like taking whatever's coming up and mm. I'm kind of allowing it to form itself. Um, yes. Yeah. 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 So I didn't interrupt you with my loud yes, but like I just felt that like it's like it, it, as you tap into the feeling or the thing or the experience, the, the words just, they kind of appear, you know, like, yeah. and like maybe you might say, oh, that doesn't sound right or you know this and that whatever jig this is about but it 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 has its own form Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah and I think you know um right now I'm in this process of discovering um what my style is um, I think I, I think I know I have a particular niche, which um, is very much like um, I think a faith-based um, perspective on things, mm. um, and you know I try to let that um, play out as much as possible and be as clear as possible um, in you know how I what I write about and kind of the perspective I take on things. Um, but I think, and I mean, I, you know, as, as younger writers, we're still in this process of discovering, mm. like, what is, what is our cadence? What is our, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Like, what is the way that we tell these stories? Do we mm. gravitate to the first person or are we speaking to the audience, but knowing that we're speaking to ourselves? Mm. Or, you know, do we go third person and just like, you know, just project a story for people to just connect to um, and experience? Mm. Uh, and there are a lot of the other, I'm, I'm very much a, um, kind of rubric criteria person. So I have like all these different categories that I'm thinking about when it comes to my style. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's all, it's all been a process. Um, mm. And I think now, just most recently, I'm becoming comfortable with the fact that I, I need to be patient with that process of developing my unique style. Um, mm. But also really be present for whatever is coming out, you know, in, in, in the meantime. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I'm at right now. In the evolution of your voice, because your oh. voice is there and it is present and it does have the capacity and the probability to shift and change as you grow, like, mm-hmm. you know, as we grow as people and through our experiences and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, last set of questions. For sure. And it's so interesting in these conversations. Whenever I ask questions, inevitably parts of the questions will already have been kind of touched on before we come to the questions. Um, but yeah, let's go deeper. Deeper. I've got um quotation marks. Um, sure. what parts of yourself? do you access through NVR poetry? I know you kind of touched on like that emotion aspect already. Um, But yeah, let's, let's swim. Yeah. What do, what, what do I, what do I access? Um, Or maybe even connect with, if that's uh, more useful language. That's a really good question. I think what I, what I thought about first is, I think I ask, access my past mistakes a lot. Um, mm. I think for, for me personally, it's important that it's, a, it's an important component of humility for me. Um, and I, I really want that to be what foregrounds, like whatever I do. Um, like, hey, I, I didn't have it all together you know, at one, like from the jump, like that I had mm-hmm. things that I had to, to work through and, you know, experience and get through, um, you know, for better or worse at the time, but definitely through my writing, I'm seeking to like learn lessons from those things. Um, and, you know, hoping that other people learn lessons from what they hear in terms of my poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing I, I try to access um, my relationships. So, um, you know, with my siblings, you know, with my parents, um, you know, extended family, if, if that's kind of what I'm thinking about at the time. Um, also accessing this, this kind of lack of authenticity I felt that I had um, at a point. Mm. I was... I was showing to other people um, a picture of myself that wasn't actually real. And 
you know, a lot of the poetry is like breaking that down. Like, hey, you might see me smiling or um, you might see me on Instagram or you might see me at church or you might see me at school and I look like I have a smile on my face. Um, but there's a lot going on underneath and there's stuff that, you know, if you were, if you were with me like 24 hours a day that you see that you wouldn't think mm -hmm. that, you know, I would be experiencing or a part of. Um, mm. Yeah, I think all of it has been this. This endeavor to let people know, like, hey, I'm a regular person just like you. <laughs> mm. um, and I think, you know, when it comes to my pen name, which is like AVG, um, that's what's wrapped into that. Um, like AVG is the average. Out, the average and like. I really want people to to get that, like, hey, you know, the poetry sounds really great and everything, but I'm really trying to express emotions and um, things I've learned from experiences, past relationships, and you know, even struggles with my own faith, so that you know, like, this is not something that you kind of go through in a in a perfect path. Um, mm. And no, I'm not this like perfect individual. Um, I think because I, I had, you know, a lot of peers who, in my heart of hearts, I know that like they didn't think I was, but it's always kind of a, a weird running joke. Um, and I think at a point I'd gotten really tired of it. And so I guess again, you know, <laughs> instead of just like telling people I went to poetry in order to kind of let that let that come out so mm. yeah those are the things that i access um with my poetry i, I just I keep coming back to those things mm. yeah. okay i'm gonna ask you the second part like i feel like i could delve into that but I'd, i'm just gonna let it be what it is and okay. yeah um so the second part of the question is um uh, what parts of others do you feel like you connect with um, through or via poetry or oh, access? Or, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think I think when it comes to men in particular, um, I feel like I've written um, a lot of poetry around like yeah, I cry. And, you know, sometimes it's very necessary to um, either begin or, you know, make moves in this journey toward healing, like whatever you were going mm. as. Um, I talk about like, hey, I did not have, I did not always have the best relationship with women. Um, mm. And this is something that, you know, we as kind of a male community need to realize in ourselves. Um, and kind of like actively and explicitly um, not just talk about changing, but like actively change in ourselves. Um, mm. What else? Um, I think generally like emotions um, and you know, broken relationships, mm. um, tough breakups and things like that, um, you know, wrestling with you know, anger and sadness and pain and um, 
you know, feeling like you want to get back at the person that left you. But again, like if we, if we want to take on this like faith-based foundation, that's not what we should do. Um, mm. and at the same time, it's perfectly okay to say, I'm really angry that you left me. Right. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, a lot of it is like the male perspective, but maybe not the popular things um, that are expressed. I mean, particularly mm. like no guy wants to say that, <laughs> um, you know, his, his significant other like left them just in the dust, right? Nobody wants to mm. say that. Mm. But um, that's, you know, part of the, in, in one of the books that I've written, that's a good portion of the poetry that I wrote. Like, I'm sad because you left and I can't, ex I can't really express it the way that I want to because of how society has, has, what's society has shown. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. There's a way that men are allowed to express feelings. In, I feel like, oh, sorry, my mind is just going, but bing, 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 bing. Cause I feel like mm -hmm. I'm really connecting because I was just going to say, I feel like it's like generally men are allowed to express anger. And then mm -hmm. thinking about the beginning of this conversation, when we were talking about anger and like, you know, and you mentioned about um, the poem, this animal, was it in this yes. animal? It was yes. about, it was about that anger. And it was, oh. so that's just, that's just like, uh, yeah. So anyway, you were speaking. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, you're good. I, um, yes. So kind of on this, on this idea of, you know, what are the, um, what are the emotions and the experiences and the modes of expression that are not status quo, like not mainstream in society, um, for men in particular, mm -hmm. um, I think on the other side, uh, being a pastor's kid, um, a number of poems where I'm just 100% about like, hey, pastor's kid does not spell perfect. <laughs> mm. um, and just kind of like breaking that down and saying like, yeah, um, you know, I've, I've been bad. And um, realistically, even when we come back to, you know, what is mainstream for men, no, I'm not proud of any of those things, you know, mm. um, and just being explicit about that. Mm. Um, I think the, the other aspect of, I'm trying to think, I guess coming back. So, so I think what poetry has become for me most recently is a way to connect to young people, um, in my faith and kind of my faith mm -hmm. practice. Um, because like I can say like, yeah, I've, I've had these relationships. I've, I've been left. Um, mm. that's been most, mostly what happened, <laughs> but, um, that's a different conversation. Um, I, I've had struggles with my faith. Like I've asked God questions mm. like, okay, you're supposed to be all powerful. And yet these things are happening. Um, and I, I, I take a, I take a lot of inspiration from, um, Psalms in the Bible, particularly because there was this, there was this one writer, he literally told God, like, why are you letting all these evil people prosper? Like, what mm. is the point of trying to live a good life if I'm stuck here in my struggles 
and they're living it up. And the first time I ever read that piece, I said, why is this in here? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't think, I don't think we should be talking to God that way. And yet it's there, right? And so, you know, when I keep returning to that, to that passage, um, I'm becoming more and more comfortable with the fact that God is completely okay with us asking these kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. um, there's another passage that says, come, let us reason together. It, mm. when, when, we, when we really seize this idea that, um, you know, this higher power God is so much more interested in a personal and intimate relationship with us than, okay, here's the list of things that you have to do. And here's a list of things. Yes. Right? Gabriel, you're speaking my language. You're actually speaking my language. Yeah, for real. Because, um, yeah, I think I'm just going to interject. For sure. Um, for sure. I think it's like, I think it's such a process coming to that place of understanding that actually you're meant to have like a personal relationship with God. You're, you're, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, okay. There are these outward things that yeah you know they could be good for developing a relationship etc but the 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 crux is what's going on inside like um um you know this kind of idea of like what what is your condition inside of you you know not not what do you look like to the outside world because God sees the outside. What well, he sees, he sees. But well, he sees what's going on inside. Yes. You know, like, you know, that yes. part that you can't hide. You can hide that. Like, you could be in a room with people, like, you know, taking your example, smiling and like all this. But God knows what's going on underneath the surface. So, you know, there's not even, there's no need to even um, front or have that facade. You know, yeah. so it's like really, dude, I'm like, my brain is just like, going bing 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 because um thinking about the idea of like um poetry being about truth and like you know I think you mentioned earlier about the things that we acknowledge this might have been before we started recording I'm not sure but you know like about acknowledging those things for ourselves before we're kind of able to um you know so and then even thinking about that in the context of like a faith um interaction or development of that relationship is like you need to understand the truth of who you are mm -hmm. and who the power that you serve is and mm -hmm. when that's when that's like all you know lined up and everything mm -hmm. then like yeah things there will still be challenges and things still will be difficult and you will still be like oh god why is this happening sure. but there's such like harmony and just like clarity in a sense and you know some level of an understanding that you keep coming back to like you know yeah exactly exactly yeah no yeah. You, you hit it right on the head and you know that's you know through poetry what i'm interested in you know making very clear um you know, it's it's very much a process. And I mean, it really, really mm. is a relationship. You know, there's the whole spectrum of emotions that you can feel while you're with somebody. And yet, what is that thing that keeps you tethered to that person? You know, mm. um, you know, you might know that the relationship that you both have is solid, but there's everything around you in the world that, you know, sometimes it feels like trying to rip 
you and that person apart? And mm. you know, do you have the awareness to see that we're not battling against each other? It is everything outside of us that's seeking to keep us apart. Um, mm. I see that metaphor so much um, when it comes to you know each person's individual like faith practice. You know. Mm. Um, you know, maybe you ask that question. You know, what? What? What was it? You know, I, particularly for people who, you know, may have been in a faith practice and maybe left years later, what was mm. it that kind of, you know, was that last straw that just mm. done, you know? Um, I think, again, that's not really a, a popular conversation either. Um, to really interrogate, like, what was it that made you say, you know what, I'm done this with this. It's enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and you know, is it something, am I, am I the only one hearing this? Does that sound like a poem to you? I don't know why that sounds like a poem to me. That oh, sounds like a yeah. potential poem, you know, like. For sure, for sure. Let me, I'm, let me take a moment. Let me jot that down. Jot that down. This is so funny. I'm watching Gabriel literally. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep. You know what? Actually, that makes me think of like, oh, I remember like younger me. I always used to have a notebook and a pen and like all the time, everything. I'm like, oh, that sounds. Let me just, um, you know, wait a moment. What did you say? And just really um, get that down whilst oh, it's there sure. in the moment. Wow. Thank you for mentioning that. That's okay. Um, definitely, like, let me hear the poem when it's finished because... <laughs> sure. It might take a little while, though. I don't know how long these used to be. You know, you've got as much time as, as you need. Um, and I say that kind of in the thought of, like, I had this piece that I wrote very recently, so I think it's probably still sitting with me. It's this idea that... Um, the words will be there exactly when they need to be or like this just this kind of idea that like everything is there as and when it should be not like a minute before not a minute after it's there exactly in the time that it's meant to be there so yeah you've got all the time for that poem appreciate that Thank exactly you. enough time specifically exactly enough time yeah that's definitely that's definitely yeah, cool. man, it's been like a very, it's been an awesome conversation so far. Oh, yeah, I know. I feel that too. This has been, I'm really looking forward to listening back to this. Like, it's just, you know, when you're in a conversation, you're like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so it's it's been really good for me as well. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of coming to the end of... Um, the podcast this episode and I am of the belief and understanding and anticipatory feelings that you have a poem to share with us yeah um so this poem is called poured out and um it was written around yeah it was written during quarantine where um, you know, we couldn't, you know, be going to kind of commune with our kind of faith communities. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I really had to sit and kind of ask myself, 
you know, where really where am I in my relationship um, with God? And so this is what this is what came out. Um, so again, this poem is called Poured Out. In times past, men and women would talk with God as if he was flesh and blood. Speak of him like he was woven into the very fabric of their DNA and pray like he really was the provider of anything they could ever need. But when I pray sometimes, it doesn't seem like God is who he claims to be that prayer became another item on a list of things to do, a transaction, a mask I use in public to hide my true condition. I couldn't tell you when I forgot what prayer was supposed to be. But somewhere between children's stories, forced prayers, and pulpit performances, I must have allowed prayer to become something that it's not. It became routine. And routine became tradition. Tradition turned to doctrine and even human things that always make it harder to reconcile with God. It's no wonder why we can pray to him and never know him. Why we may think we love God, but it's all just emotion. I'm just being completely open because the good news is I'm trying to figure out what prayer is now. And so far, I think it has something to do with pouring myself out because my Bible says that men became one with the ground that they came from when they prayed sometimes. That even kings would spread themselves out like mud puddles in complete submission and women spilled words from their mouths like the blood of sacrifices until sounds no longer fell from their lips. And this was called foolishness. These people were called drunks. This was cause for alarm. Prayers made covenants and intimate talks with God. When I compare that to what I hear from myself today, I'm not sure if I truly understand what it means to pray. I mean, when is the last time I poured myself out, emptied myself of the pride that keeps me from falling on my face, from taking a position of complete submission, from being so immersed in prayer that I don't really make sense to anyone but God. Well, isn't that the point? That prayer is intimacy, communion, weaving him into the very fabric of our lives and talking like he really is the primary solution to all of life's problems, that prayer is not a wish list or a rite of passage or a business deal and certainly not a last resort, that prayer is just talking to God. Maybe that's why we're told to enter our prayer closets. Maybe this is where we learn what it means to pray in a space where we are one-on-one -on -one with God. And I know I'm not there yet, but I'd rather not remain exactly what Jesus warned against, hypocrites, standing in the congregation to be seen of men speaking vain repetitions, like messages on answering machines, recordings, that God hears when he calls us to something greater. And we don't answer. So I challenge you. The next time you enter your prayer closet, answer this question honestly. Have I poured myself out lately? Thank you. That piece is, um, this is the second time I've heard it and it's still like it's gripping, like it just, uh, it's, I don't even have words, but it, it's emo like it's emotional. It really, it really, 
yeah, it just really asks like a really tough question. Like when mm-hmm. was the last time you really, really poured everything out to God? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you're happy to, if you're happy to, would you like to kind of like expand a little bit on, um, you know, about on, on that poem, on that piece specifically? I know you said that it was written during quarantine, but, um, and this is just shout out to my mom because she's the person that made this part of my podcast. She was like, oh, you know, when the poets come on, it'd be so good to hear about like where they were when they were writing it, what was going on. Da, da, da. So, um, yeah, if, if you're, if, if you want to, if you'd like to. We'd love yeah, to hear that. Definitely. Um, so in this poem, um, I was I was asked to uh, present record a piece for um, a youth retreat that was virtual um, around I think it was either April or June because I think we had two mm-hmm. um, the uh, during quarantine, and um, I sat with myself and I asked like. I don't want to write something that's superficial. Mm. Um, and I want to write something that people can really connect to right now. And so for myself, I noticed that um, maybe more of my, of my spiritual life than I would have liked was so wrapped up in what I do with my community. So I go to church and there I sing songs and there I pray and there I read the word and I listen um, and experience there. But when I'm by myself, what actually happens? And it was just, you know, through that poem, just a journey of asking myself, like, where do things kind of fall off? You know, Um, how how did I let the kind of... um, what is sometimes the performative aspect of your faith really take over and not make sure that the personal relationship um, and what I do one-on-one with God, like to make sure that that's the foundation. Like at what point, um, you know, did, did that switch happen, you know? And so that's kind mm-hmm. of the first piece of the poem um, and particularly looking at, at looking at the word. I mean, you know, a number of these people in the, in the Bible and in ancient times, it's not like they had, um, you know, the scriptures or, you know, even the Quran mm. to use in order to um, kind of orient the way that they interacted with God. It was just mm. them and, and him, you know? Um, and that's what the first piece of the poem was. Like, people really talk to God, like, mm. like literally there. And yet, Deeply personal. There was this line... Um, that you said and it was like before you compared it it was like there was part where you're talking about how oh about how the women would like you know they they'd say oh. the words and, and then until there wasn't sound left or so yeah it, yeah it was like so on point and it brought to mind for me this kind of you know when you're praying, like, you know, when you're heavily praying and then, and then you're crying and then it's just like silent, just silent with your heart and God and like the need, the neediness and the humility and the, yeah. So it just. Yeah. And I think you're touching on um, the meanings of some of these lines. So like, 
man, even kings would spread themselves out like mud puddles. Mm. I mean, this is like literally spreading out, but these kings were emotional as they prayed. Like they really poured themselves out. Um, and the line that you mentioned, um, and women's um, spilled words from their lips, like the blood of sacrifices until words, um, until sounds no longer fell from their lips. It's just, how often do we come to that place? You know, mm. And not to say that we always have to, but... But it should be a part. It should be like, you yeah. know, not like, yeah, it should be like a regular part. Like, it's not yeah. every day, fine. But like, For you sure. know, let's let's make it a bit, you know, a bit, I don't know, the, like, let, let's let it happen from time yeah. to time at the very yeah. least. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's, I mean, just coming back to like the relationship metaphor. I mean, mm. we're not always like super happy with the person that we're with, right? We're truly mm. and completely vulnerable in the best case scenario, right? We're truly mm. and completely vulnerable and, you know, the emotions will come out. They will. And um, as you kind of mentioned, I mean, it's it's this moment to really ask, like, how vulnerable are we um, with this being that literally can see us 100%, you know? Mm. It's, not, it's not like we're actually hiding anything. <laughs> It's, it's this thing in our in our minds where we feel like um, we feel like we're hiding, but we really can't. Mm. You know? mm. Wow, Gabriel, thank you so so much for coming onto the podcast and having this conversation with me because it's just been so immense for me at the very least. Like it's just okay. been, yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I honestly thank you for the space to um, just be real about you know everything that um, kind of founds my poetry and mm. not to feel like awkward or out of place about you know how much my faith is such an impact. Um, I mean. It, I, I, uh, yeah, I don't have words to, sh to like express how much I appreciate that. It's, um, I think it's very, very special to me. You are very, 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 very welcome. Like, um, cool. cool. All right. Um, so I'm going to wrap up. Thank you, Gabriel and Grant, once again, for joining us on the podcast. Um, I'm going to add another bit like afterwards on the podcasting app because thoughts are not coming, but you know, in the next segment, I'll be telling you about how you can contact. Oh no. Gabriel's like contact information will be in the show notes. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. If you would like to support Fine Words Weave, you can become a member of our Patreon. Sign up at www.patreon.com forward slash Fine Words Weave.